Hallelujah. He's still on the throne, isn't he? Amen. Oh, I appreciate uh, the goodness of God. Appreciate Brother David Epps. He's a real blessing, and uh, he's preached here before, and our folks love him. If you've heard him preach, you know that. Great man of God, and we're just honored to have him here tonight. And so he's going to preach to us. And you give him some amens. Back him up. Amen. Thank you, preacher. Bless you, preacher. I got the cold. Amen. <laughs> Try to spare you this cold. Steve said I didn't dodge him when I was shaking hands. I let go. I picked up a cold. I warned the preacher, but I failed to warn Brother Ga brother Steve. So, amen. John chapter 6, if you have a Bible with you, I appreciate the invite to come. Uh, I've been here, I don't know, several years ago. That's usually the case. I get to go once and then 10 years later. That's all right. <laughs> It's an honor, really, it is an honor. I'll read several verses here and uh, not bore you with a bunch of useless talk here, but here in um, John chapter 6, verse 52, uh, it said, The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said, said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, have no life in you. Whoso, whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood have eternal life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him, as the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father. So he that uh, eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat, uh, um, uh, fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is a spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak in you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jews, Jesus knew from the beginning who there were that believed not and who should betray him. He, he knows. He, we all know this, but he knows everything. He already knows who's going to get saved and who's not going to get saved. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not no hyper-Calvinist, but I do believe in the sovereignty of God and the foreknowledge of God. Uh, I don't believe God made me get saved, but I believe he made me want to. I can't explain all that. I'm just glad I got in, aren't you? I won't even get myself in trouble trying to explain that, the free will of man, the sovereignty of God, I, have, I, can't, I can't figure it out. But I'm glad I got in on it. And uh, I'm not going to lose no sleep trying to figure it out. I'm just going to try to enjoy the fact that I'm in, ain't you? Hey, man. I don't know if that helped me or not. Whatever I just said, we'll just leave that alone. He said, uh, uh, he said in verse 65, and he, and he said, Therefore said unto you that no man could come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, We also go away. Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. Father, we do thank you. Travel in mercy to get here. 
Thank you for the day thus far and the kindness of this pastor that invites us to come. And Lord, we'd like to be a blessing tonight to these that's gathered here. And Lord, we'd like to be pleasing to thee. We pray you'd touch us afresh, help us physically here just a few minutes spiritually and mentally, Lord. we deliver these thoughts with the right attitude, right spirit. And Lord, you'd just help us say something that would help us all in Christ's name. Amen and amen. I, I read a lot of verses there, you know, and I'm not going to get into all that, but some religions have perverted <coughs> this portion of Scripture, and especially Catholicism, but I'm not going to, that's not my point tonight, the simple little thought here in verse 66. says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said, Jesus, on the twelve we also go away. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure. Now, there has been a time I believe wasn't too sure. Yeah. Amen. I've heard folks say they've been saved 50 years and never did doubt they're saved. Uh, amen. I doubt they're saved. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. I'll miss some of you right there. Yeah, amen. And, and I don't run around doubting all the time, but I, I do know I'm saved forever. But there has been some days before I learned anything about this Bible that I doubted I was. Yeah. Amen. A lost man don't doubt. He ain't got nothing to doubt. Amen. But amen. I'm I'm not I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I'm glad I know tonight for sure. I'm not just I don't just believe, but I'm sure. Amen. You have to learn some things. And I don't never feel saved on Monday. I hate Mondays. Amen. There ain't gonna be no Mondays in heaven. Just one big Sunday. Amen. What a miserable day. Amen. Anyhow, yeah, I don't know about you. You might like Mondays. Amen. You like looking, getting up on uh, on Monday morning before daylight, going to a job you hate, working for somebody stupider than you are. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I don't know about you. I don't care nothing about it. Hey, God, the best, best thing to do on Monday is get your high-powered rifle and kill something. That's the best thing you can do on Monday. That'd help you. Amen. Anyway, so much for that. I'm about to embarrass my wife. By the way, my wife with me here. 37 years, this woman's been married. She's had it made for 37 years. Just ask her right there. She, she'll tell you. Here in verse 66, from that time, and the disciples went back and walked no more with him. Uh, I want to use that verse here tonight, just simple thought. And I haven't preached this. Uh, well, I've preached it a lot in the past. It's, kind of, it's got a little humor in it. I hope you don't mind laughing. I have some Baptists who don't like to laugh. Amen. I'm not going to live in heaven next to them. I just ain't going to do it. I, I like to have a good time. Ain't you? I hope they live on the other end of the street. But anyhow, yeah, amen. But you know, I want to preach just a few minutes on has-beens. Uh, from that time, many disciples went back and walked no more with him. You know, Apostle Paul writing about, uh, uh, Tim, uh, about Demas in the book of Philemon, he said Demas was a fellow laborer. In other words, he was running around with the Apostle Paul. I personally believe he probably wrote 14 books of the New Testament Bible. And we know he was the Apostle to the Gentile world. If you're not a blood-born Orthodox Jew, you're a Gentile. And if you're saved tonight, you're a descendant of that great man's ministry. Uh, this man, Demas, got to run around with this great man. He was a fellow laborer. Sound me like somebody that you could depend on being there for Sunday school on Sunday morning, uh, worship service on Sunday morning, come back on Sunday night. And back on Wednesday night, if he wasn't providentially hindered or sick because of something out of his control, and somebody you could depend on uh, if you was building a building and need somebody to get a, a pick and a shovel and get down in the mud and a ditch with you to dig, he'd get in there with you. 
Somebody, you know, if you had a building project going on, needed more than the tithe, up and above the tithe, up and above the offering, up and above the mission, he'd dig a little deeper. He was a fellow laborer. In other words, he was somebody, sound me like you could depend on at one time. But Paul writing about him in 2 Timothy 4.10, he said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed unto Thessalonica. Something happened to Demas uh, that he become a has-been. I believe he was a saved man that just uh, got, out, got out of the will of God and never did get straightened back out maybe. Uh, I will know when we get to heaven. Uh, amen. But truth of the matter is, uh, I do not want to be a has-been. Apostle Paul writing in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, but I keep under my body, bring it unto subjection, lest by any means when I preach to others, I myself should become a castaway. Sound to me like the Apostle Paul was concerned about messing his testimony up that it would have no effect or somewhat become a has-been. And we know he was faithful unto death. Uh, amen. And I do not want somebody to talk about how I used to serve God. I don't want to end up that way. I don't want to bring no shame on the Lord. don't want to bring no shame on the church. don't want my wife to be embarrassed. Uh, amen. To, to know that I used to serve the Lord, but something got a hold of me. And got me out of the will of God. James said, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted evil, neither tempted any man. But every man is tempted and drawn away with his own lust and its eyes. When lust conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. You, you can sure get yourself messed up as a saved person if you're not real careful, uh, amen, about your testimony. Uh, and I want to use tonight, if the Lord be my helper, simple little illustration of, uh, 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 I'm going to use a car to illustrate what I'm talking about. And I, if, you're, if you're a man, if you're a man, not a sissy, amen, you like big guns and old cars. Isn't that right? Amen, big guns and old cars. You can't get enough of either one of them. Amen. And, and, uh, and you know, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing no prettier than a two-door 57 Chevrolet. Uh, amen, or a 32 Ford Coupe, amen, hallelujah, amen, uh, and I know you probably shot your television, I still got one, when I watch that Barrett Jackson auto auction, I get down in front of that thing going, hey, I wish, amen, I mean, when I see them things roll through there, amen, uh, you know, me and my brother-in-law, he's a, he's a preacher too, and we, you, well, we do a little better now because you can sign on the dotted line, buy you a new car, pay for it for 10 years. Uh, you know, amen, things are different now. But used to, you had to get somebody to sign away the River Bottom Farm co-sign for you. Then you had to have half of it in cash before you could ever get one. And, uh, and me and him, uh, you know, uh, we used to drive some pretty pitiful-looking vehicles, to say the least. And, and, uh, and I'm picky about my stuff. I'm just picky about my stuff. I believe a man ought to... Uh, have the right kind of pride. If God give it to him, I'll take care of it. Amen. I, I believe it's all right. I believe it's good to put a good crease in your pants. Amen. Get the wrinkles out of your shirt and comb your hair every now and then. Uh, and, and uh, you know, if you got an old car, me and him use the same mechanic. An old boy up there at home, he's a Christian guy. And I go in there when I get a little rattle, a little leak, or a ping in my car, it bothers me. I can't I can't stand that, and, and, or a tire out of balance. I go right down there and see him. His name Virgil, and uh, he'll laugh at me sometime. I said, you hear that noise? He said, I can't hear it. I said, well, you need to get some hearing aids. Sound me like, 
you can't hear that. You sound like it's coming apart. And he'll laugh at me. And he'll say, uh, you know, you're just opposite your brother-in-law. You come in here, get every little leak, every little pain, a little rattle out of your vehicle. Uh, amen. Right right away, we have to bring your brother-in-law in here on the back of a, a wrecker. Amen. You know, I, all kidding aside, that, that these altars in church, I'd rather get on an altar and get the little rattles, little leaks, yeah. little pings out of this vehicle. Yeah. Uh, amen. Don't care nothing about God bring me in here in the back of a hearse. I, amen. Somebody walking by talking about what I used to do for God. I do not want to become a has-been. Uh, amen. I, I, you know, I, that's the purpose uh, uh, of a car. You know, I'm driving a Toyota. Uh, don't blame me for it, amen, hallelujah. I, I, it's American-made, if that helps you any, amen. But two matter is, I used to drive a big uh, eight-cylinder gas-sucking Mercury when I was protesting global warming, but it about financially broke me. Amen, uh, amen, you know, amen, you, hallelujah, amen. Uh, uh, you know, when they was telling us we was running out of gas and got gas bubbling out of the ground up here in Alaska, the oil just seeping out of the ground, gasoline, $4 a gallon, and they wouldn't let you drill up there. Amen, they, they didn't want to mess up the environment for the polar bear. Uh, amen, i tell you what I think about it. They say, I like to look at them polar bears. I do too through a scope, amen. Uh, amen, just kill them all and get us some cheap gas. Uh, there ain't no such thing as global warming, uh, no matter what Hillary and Al Gore says. Uh, Amen. I used to think I used to think you'd be a sissy if you use hairspray until I started going bald. I, I changed my convictions on that. So in the morning when I get up and spray my head, I spray the rest of it towards the ozone. Amen. And protest global warming. But the truth about it is, you know, I'm trying to have a good time here. Hey, you know, that car out there did not choose me. And the only purpose for that car is to transport me from one place to another place. You know why God saved you if you're saved tonight and didn't kill you and take you to heaven right there? We're the church. We're the body of Christ. He's the head. Amen. We carry out his orders. Amen. And our purpose in life, he left us here to be the vehicle to get the message out to the lost. They're on their way to hell. If we get the message to them, we might be the very vehicle God uses to keep them out of hell and get them to heaven. I think John 15, Jesus said, I'm the true vine, my father's a husband of me. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch in me that bear fruit, he purgeth it, bring forth more fruit. Now you clean through the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. I'm the vine, ye the branches. He that abide in me, and I in him, the same shall go forth and bring forth much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch, and men gather him, cast him into fire, and they're burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you ask what you will, shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bring forth much fruit. So then shall you be my disciples. As my fathers loved me, so have I loved you. Continue thy my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. As I have kept my Father's commandments, abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you. My joy might remain you, and your joy might be full. And this is the message that you love one another. For greater love have no man than this, a man laid down life for his friend. You're my friend. Uh, if you do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants. Uh, for the servants know not what the Lord doeth, but I've called you friends. Uh, and all things I've heard of my Father, I, I've made known in you. Uh, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and adorned you uh, that you may go forth and bring forth the fruit. Uh, amen. See, you didn't choose him. You wasn't looking for him. Uh, he came seeking to save sinners. Uh, 
Thank God tonight I'm glad for some reason or another, 40, almost 42 years ago in a dope house in the town where I live on the west side of town in the housing project apartment on a Sunday morning trying to get over being stoned on Saturday night. The Holy Ghost come over in that place while he picked me out of that crowd and left the rest of them. I can't explain to you. But before that morning was over, I staggered in Fairview Bible Baptist Church at 1130, hair down on my back, a pair of bell-bottom breeches on with patches on them, a T-shirt with a peace sign on it, needle tracks in both my arms, smell of whiskey and beer on my breath, depressed on my way to hell. But by 15 after 12, I was blood-washed, born to the Holy Ghost, sealed under the day of redemption, been on my way to heaven ever since that day. Thank God he come by and got me one day. Amen. I just want to be a vehicle. I want to be used of the Lord. Some of you older folks remember before they had all the interstate highways and they had what we call junkyards on these state routes. Amen. They're not junkyards now. They're used auto parts. Amen. You go buy some. You'll find out it ain't junk. And uh, I ride by them things still. You can find them uh, uh, on them old routes. Uh, matter of fact, over there near Jamestown, near Billy Mitchell, if you, y'all familiar with him, uh, right down below his house, not too far, uh, uh, there's a, 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 a used auto part, junkyard, whatever. Uh, uh, they've cleaned that thing up now. Somebody told me the guy won't sell none of that stuff. Uh, he's got uh, uh, 57 Chevrolets. Uh, 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 I don't know what all, everything you could possibly think of you'd want to restore. Uh, they got honeysuckles and briars growing all around them. Uh, amen. Uh, amen. Uh, you ever wonder when you ride by there how that vehicle, how, how that ended up there? Yeah. Most of them ended up there because of lack of preventive maintenance. That's, right. That's what we're doing here tonight. Uh, amen. Some preventive maintenance uh, to keep us from ending up back in the junkyard. Amen. Isn't that right? That's right. Amen. Uh, some of them, I've seen some brand new cars uh, that probably somebody was a busy two-facing or Facebooking, whatever you call that thing. Uh, amen. And dropped the radio, uh, dropped their phone uh, and run a stop sign, got wiped out. We call them accidents. Uh, wasn't an accident. Uh, it was carelessness. Uh, and you know, we call folks, we say, they fell into sin. Well, that sounds all right. Uh, but that ain't, uh, most of the time, that ain't the case. Uh, especially some things that you can get involved in. Uh, that puts you plumb out of the running as uh, far as what you do. Amen. Uh, I'm trying to say something here tonight. Uh, I do not want to be a has-been uh, and end up back in the junkyard where God found me. I was coming up out of Mississippi some years ago uh, and, and, uh, and this uh, truck, uh, big Dodge Dooley truck with New York State tags, uh, a Yankee, no doubt, amen. Uh, now, if you were from up north, don't get offended. If you liked it up there, you wouldn't have come here. Uh, amen, my all kidding aside. Uh, that old boy was a smiling from ear to ear uh, when he went by me, and on the back of it, he had a trailer uh, and had a, a two-door 59 big fin Chevrolet. Uh, the windows was busted out of it. Weeds was hanging out of it, briars, uh, and uh, honeysuckles, uh, amen and the tires had rotted off of it but the body was still good shape and the chrome and he was a smiling uh, he'd found him some, something down there in somebody's old barn uh, or somebody's field or a junkyard uh, he paid the price on it uh, he was a smiling uh, I got a feeling he probably knew the end from the beginning uh, he had some plans for that piece of junk uh, uh, what, he, what he'd paid for uh, and that's all we were when God found us uh, just a bunch of 
junk and the world had wrapped us up in weeds and thorns and just about destroyed us. When God came along, we'd never been worth what he paid for us. But thank God he paid the price. Hey, he ain't stopped working on us. Hey, he's shining on us. He's wanting to put us on display. And I believe if I could have found that old boy from New York a couple of years later and just so happened knew where he lived, if I'd went by, he'd probably took me out to his garage, raised the door and said, what do you think about her now, preacher? Hey, man, that thing probably looked like you could stick your hand in the paint. Open the doors, roll and pleated. Raise the hood, man, it shine, it blind you, all the chrome on it. And then he'd probably tell you, look up under it, up under that where nobody else ever looked. Kind of like God looks at us. He can see what nobody else sees. He said, hey, that thing's as slick on the underside as it is on the part everybody sees. Well, I don't want to run better, shine better. We ain't never been worth what he paid for us, but we ought to want to finish right when this thing's all over. Am I doing all right? Amen. I, I have got a cold. I'm struggling here a little bit. Amen. But I, I will get through these notes. Hallelujah. It's good to take notes. You can't get God on you. Just read them verbatim. Hallelujah. Amen. It's boring, but it is something. Amen. Hey, I tell you, how, how do you know when a car is headed to the junkyard? Uh, this is going to miss some of you now. This is deep stuff. When a car starts missing, it's headed to the junkyard. Amen. Not to forsake the sum of ourselves together, the manner some is, exhorting one another even so much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. He said he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastor, teacher, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. They will all come to the unity of the faith under the knowledge of the Son of God, under a perfect man, under the measure of the statue of the first Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the sleet of men, by the cunning craft, who are by the lion waiting to see. But speaking the truth and love, may grow up in him in all things which is ahead, even Christ, from whom the whole body is fitly joined together, compacted with that which ever joint supplies, according to the effectual working the measure of their part, making increase of the body under their fine self in love. Uh, this I say, therefore, testifying the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the band of their mind, having their understanding doctrine, being alien from the life of God through the ignorance called the blind of the heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over the service work, all uncleanness with greediness. You say, preacher, you talk fast. I drank two, two big old jugs of tea before I got here. I am wired up. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. Hey, I, I'm trying to say something here. Uh, uh, I do not I want to bore you. You can tell that. I hate being bored. I, I'd rather be mad at church than bored when you. That's a better emotion than boredom, being mad. Amen. Laugh, weep, uh, get mad, but don't bore me. I ain't coming back if you bore me. Amen. Amen. I, 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 you know, over, I think it's Luke 10 25, uh, a certain lawyer stood up to, and tempted him, said, Master, what good things must I do in inherit eternal life? He said, What's written in the law? How readest thou? He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy strength, thy mind, thy neighbors, thyself. He said, Thou hast answered right this do, and I, thou shalt live. He said, uh, But he willing to justify himself, I uh, said, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded, departed, and even half dead. Uh, by chance there came a priest that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, 
a Levite, when he come to the place, looked on him, passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaria, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion on him, went to him, bound up his wound, poured in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, took out two pence, gave him the whole side, and said, Take care of him. Whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I, 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 I will pay thee. Which now these three thinkers would neighbor to him and fell among the thieves. He that showed mercy on him, he said, Go do thou likewise. You know, if God came get us out of the ditch, don't you think it our obligation that somebody we know that's been a member of our church be faithfully serving the Lord and all of a sudden they start missing on Wednesday night. They start missing on Sunday night. Next thing you know, they just skip missing here now on Sunday morning. Don't you think it'd be good for us to maybe go by, try to get them up out of the ditch, put in a little oil, a little wine, get them on the beach, get them back over to church. Hey, you won't lose nothing doing that, neighbor. Hey, I'm telling you, neighbor, we ought to be willing to help somebody along the way and remember where God found us. Amen. Uh, listen here, when a car starts missing, he usually means it's fouled a plug. Until they did all this computerized stuff, but it fouled a plug. Now, this is a man message. Most of you women probably don't know much about mechanics. That's the last thing I want to do is marry a mechanic. <laughs> Somebody looked like Joyce Myers. Somebody, I don't want to do that. Amen. I, I talk like Ralph. That's not what I had in mind when I got married. Where was I at before I got smart out of character? Hey, hey, man. Hey, well, yeah, my wife's here tonight. She, she get in the car. She thinks you're wasting money when you have to replace a battery. They don't know nothing about none of that stuff. And thank God they ain't supposed to. Amen. Amen. Well, we're moving on now. Hey, I, I'm trying to say something to you. When a car starts missing, it usually fouled a plug. I pastored. I tried pastoring for 10 years. I gave up and went to prison, preaching prison. <laughs> Amen. Hey, uh, they don't walk out on you there. And you don't have to vote on anything. Don't pay much, but amen, it's a pretty steady job at it. Amen. Uh, amen. I pastored some Baptists that foul plugs. Isn't that right? You know, when a car fouls a plug, it loses power. You know, when, you're, when you start missing church just because you just don't want to come. Amen. You lose power. You hold up traffic. And a lot of times, you know, when a car gets like that, everybody has to stop and push it out of the road so they can go on. That's right. Amen. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you. Uh, over there, where's that over there? I think it's 1 Samuel 31, where the Philistines cut Saul's head off. And after they cut his head off, they stripped him of his armor. In other words, I don't believe they could get his armor off till they got him separated from the head. Now, I know we're eternally saved. The Holy Spirit's in us. Amen. And you're never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. Amen. But you know when you get out of church, out of the will of God, you're separated from where you get orders from the head. Yes. Amen. And the, and the world, the flesh, and the devil is going to strip you of your everyday practical righteousness, not your righteousness you received when you got saved, the rights of the Christ uh, he imputed to you, but your everyday Ephesians 6, uh, amen, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, that's your everyday holy living. Amen. He'll strip you of that and leave you in the ditch. Isn't that right? Amen. I, I'm trying to say something here. When a car starts missing, I'll tell you something else. When a car starts knocking, it's headed to the junkyard. Before it starts knocking, it usually starts, the valves start to chatter. I believe I picked the wrong message, but it's too late now. Amen. Amen. Chatter. I used to have an old Volkswagen, Volkswagen bug, and every now and then you'd have to get the valves adjusted. They, they would work loose. They'd start. 
you know, like our mouth does sometimes. This cost you $15, $20 to get the valves adjusted. But if you didn't get the valves adjusted, it wasn't going to be long, you have a rod knocking. That's five or $6,000 probably now to get that fixed. Now, I know you don't have no trouble with yours, but James 3, Brother, be not many masters, nor receive a greater condemnation from many things we offend all. If any man offend not in words, the same as the perfect man, able to bribe the whole body, behold, we put bits in horses' mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, though they be so great, and are driven to fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the government, even so the tongue is a little member, both a great thing. How great a matter, a little fire can, and the tongue is a fire in the world, but nickel so is a tongue among our members. The fire, the whole body, set on fire, of course, the nation set on fire of hell. For every kind of bird, beast, serpent, things in the seas, have been tamed by mankind, but the tongue can no man tame, for it's unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and curse we man, which is made after the similitude of God, how the same mouth proceeded, blessing, cursing my brother, these things ought not so to be. That the fountain send forth at the same place both sweet water and bitter. Can a fig tree, my brother, bear forth olive herbs or vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and friend. I already get an amen out of somebody on that. I worked hard on that right there. Amen. I know you don't have no trouble with yours. I, God give me two big rolls of tea, two jaw muscles, amen, and a half a brain, and I still got to spit out that poison. Amen. I've been shot with a shotgun. I've had my intestines left in my hands where it got cut open, and I've been beat half to death and left for dead with log and chains. That happened at the last church I pastored. That was a tough bunch right there. All kidding aside, that didn't happen at church. Amen. But it did happen to me. And uh, you know what happened? I stood up when they should have shut up. Amen. Amen. You make some bad mistakes sometimes, the crowd I run with. And I know you don't have no trouble with yours. I can tell by looking at you, you don't have no trouble. Amen. If you don't get them vows, you know, we think a man's got to go out and get drunk, commit adultery, fornicating or something, before he's out of the will of God. We all have trouble. Little foxes. You know, if I had a car that had a, a, a vows bad in it, you know, vows rattle and make more noise in the wintertime cold weather than they do in warm weather. You don't hear much chattering when folks are getting saved, run the aisle, and people getting right with God, and amen, the choir singing good. But you know, every now and then the temperature changes in our church. Winter time comes, and the winds blow. And here's the first thing they'll say. He said, service is a little cold, a little dry or something. They say, wonder what's wrong with the preacher. Wonder what's always the preacher. What's wrong with you? Amen. You know, uh, and if you pull a car up in here, if you don't get that chatter fixed, that backbiting, you'll devour one another. If you don't get it fixed, just simple humility, swallow a little pride, admit we all got trouble with it. We, all, we could all give an invitation right now if we was all honest on that one subject. We could all get it straight, myself included. Amen. I've criticized everybody I know coming down the highway today that got in my way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just how it is. I could live right if I didn't have to drive so much. Thank God, I tell you. Hey, man, I'm telling you, I've never seen so many idiots on the highway. Have you? Hey, and my wife said, you're so impatient. I said, no, that person up there ought to soothe their brain. It ain't working. Get out of the way. Praise God, get out of the way. I got a meeting to go to. With joy and happiness to spread. Move. <laughs> That's about how we are. All kidding aside, you know, you could pull a car up out here that was doing that chatter. And you raise the hood, you couldn't see the problem. See, the problem's not on the outside, the problem's in here. And we get to criticizing everybody, get to knocking everything, yes, sir. knocking the singing, knocking the preaching, knocking the services, or or or, or, the, or the things that we do in our church. You, you find out the problem right in here. You're gonna end up in the junkyard, amen. Well, there's two points that didn't help nobody. We got another one here. Let's give it a shot, amen. I tell you something else. Uh, when a car's transmission starts slipping, it's headed to the junkyard. 
Amen. Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that in nine ungodliness world of us we shall live soberly, righteous, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, purify himself a peculiar people, zealous of good. Zealous. Amen. I like zealous religion. I've been down here before. I've been down here zealous. Amen. Zealous religion. I couldn't ever go to one of these churches where the guy wears a robe and a collar turned back and look like a boat anchor hanging around his neck. And, this is the Lord. Oh, shut up, man. If you, you ain't no more excited about going to heaven than that. You can't help me. Zealous. Amen. I like, I like a zealous car. I like to be out in front of the pack when I'm driving. Don't you? I got caught the other day for being a little zealous. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hey, man, I've been gone for about a week. I'm going to confess this. I probably need a priest here if I can get right. But I, I, I was, I was uh, coming about 20 miles of my house, and I see this Tennessee State Trooper. He rired up. I knew, I, knew who he's, I knew who he'd saw. I was the only one there. So I just went ahead and pulled over. and wasn't no need him having to flash him lights and everything. I just waited on him. I looked in my rearview mirror. I said, huh, I believe I know this guy. That'll help you, amen. That'll help you a little bit, praise God. I, amen, he got up next to my car. I say, Lord, I'm guilty. I'm pleading mercy. I need mercy right now. I know what Romans 13 says. I, I'm, I resist the power and I'm paying the price right here, but I, I sure would like to have mercy. I, I'm not pleading, no, I'm not getting no lawyer and trying to deny the fact that I have broke the law here. Don't look at me like that. It wasn't some kind of adultery I committed. I just speeding. Hey, uh, but to my address, I looked in my rearview mirror and I said, I believe I know that guy. And when he got up the side of my car, I named about 25 of his family members. I knew everybody in his family. And my wife used to work with his wife. And I went through that little old deal. And then I looked at him and I said, is this helping me any? Are you still going to give me a ticket? And he got to laughing and said, get out of here, preacher. Hallelujah. Hey, God gave me a little mercy there for being too zealous. Amen. But don't count on that happening for you. Amen. I just, I, amen. God was merciful there. Zealous. Where was I at before I, I got that guilt off of me there? I've confessed that sin. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah, amen, but it's over. But true matter is, uh, amen. You remember when you, when you first got saved? I don't know, but you know you have to be saved a while. And you, you, sometimes you lose that zeal. Yeah. 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 Amen. That's why we have revival camp meeting, trying to stoke the fire and get that excitement back. I don't know what you call First love. Let me use this, say the Bible word, first love. Get back where you, you know, where you didn't know everybody and every rotten thing about them. When you really just come and you could worship. <laughs> you really didn't know nothing much about the Bible. You just met the Lord. How precious he was. Amen. And you could feel his spirit because you didn't know much about the Bible yet. How to defend yourself with the sword of the spirit. You didn't really know nothing about how to put on the helmet of salvation. You weren't even sure you were saved eternally yet. You're just glad you had a few days of peace. Isn't that right? And I don't know about you. I was. Amen. I'm telling you what. Amen. I'd go to church 45 minutes early. Amen. If I didn't do nothing else, I'd go out back smoke with the deacons a few minutes before the church. Just excited about being there. You know what I mean? Didn't make no difference what the song was. It made me weep. Didn't make no difference what the sermon was. It was exactly what I needed. That's right. Zealous. You know when you get an old car, you ever been to somebody's house, got an old car parked in the backyard, got grass about up to the knees around it, and it still looks real good. You say, man, what's wrong with it? Oh, man, you ought to see how this thing used to run. Used to burn rubber in all four gears, but the transmission come out of it now, and it costs more to fix it, and it's really worse. I don't want to be like that. I don't want somebody to say, hey, he used to really, really have the fire of God, but he's so fouled up now. 
Amen. Lost that zeal. Am I doing any good here, some of you? I'm a hurry. I'm a hurry. I'm trying to hurry. I know it's Wednesday night and all that stuff. I, so I try to consider all that stuff. And Amen. I tell you what, when you lose that zeal, uh, amen, that's why we try to, you know, they say Joel Osteen is a motivational speaker. He don't motivate me, he nauseates me. Amen, he nauseates me. We, we try to motivate. Not no pumped up, primed up stuff. Uh, we, we try to get the well bubbling and the wind get to blowing. Uh, amen, try to get that fire back in us. Uh, amen, and remember who we are and where we're headed and try to get, uh, get straightened out and get that fire stoked back up. That's what church is for. Amen, we know we're a mess. That's why we come to try to get things straightened out. We're wanting to get straightened out when we've got fouled up. Isn't that right? I believe that's right. Amen, well... When a car starts missing, when one starts knocking, when the transmission starts slipping, hey, when a car overheats too easily, you're headed to the junkyard. Amen. <laughs> you, ever had, you, you, you know when some Bible said, uh, be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor with his hand, that which is good he may have to give to him that needeth. And let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to you, edifying may minister grace unto here. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you sealed under the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one another, tenderhearted. Forgive one another as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. I think James 1 said, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of the man worketh not the rights of God. Proverbs talks about a man not having control of his own spirit. He's like a city, like a city without a wall. He's a setting duck for anything the devil throws at him. And I struggle with that temper business. I'm not, that's nothing to brag about, but I struggle with that. Amen. Bible said, train up a child, watch young ways to grow, and when he goes old, not depart from it. Well, when a young is brought up around drunkenness, cussing, violence, hostility, drunks, drug addicts, or selfish people, and they got youngins in the home when they lose their temper and don't get their way, they rant and rave, and that's instilled in that baby. And even later on in life, that youngin gets saved, uh, they'll struggle with that business. They'll just struggle. It's, a, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a good thing to have, but it's the truth. Amen. You ever seen a car uh, overheat? Uh, you ever seen a, a person that's hot-headed? Uh, you can tell they can't take much fun in a ribbon, and they'll get red-faced and Veins are bulged out, look like a steam coming off the top of their head. Amen. I like to go for the jugger when I got them there, don't you? Just make them good mad. Amen. If it can't take a little fun in. It's kind of like an old car. You ever had an old car overheat on you? Everybody else knows it's overheated before you do because they can see the steam coming out from under you. Amen. They done passed everybody on two yellow lines and you catch them at the red light and laugh at them. Amen. That's about how it is. Uh, you ever have a car do that thing? That thing will shut down on the side of the road. And poof, poof, poof. Steam rolling out from under the hood. Get out, slam the door. That's why they use that. Slam the door like it's the car's fault or something. <laughs> hey, they open that hood up and that thing, that radiator's going. <laughs> steam. And the radiator cap said, danger. Do not remove. Why, ha. Here's what we'll do. <laughs> Isn't that right? Amen. What does it talk about? Over, is it Proverbs? says that if you don't put no kindling on the fire, the fire go out. I know you don't have no trouble, but if you're married, you know what that verse means. <laughs> amen. You just do, amen. I mean, that's just how it is. Unless you're a wimp. 
Amen. I ain't never won one of the fights, but I'm not giving up the fight. I fought a good fight. I'm finishing the course. I'm keeping the faith. Amen. Uh, that's right. I know I'm right whether she ever agrees with me or not. Amen. That's just how it is. You come for me. When I used to pastor, she said, come for marriage counseling. Uh, amen. I said, we have three group sessions here a week. Fight it out to the ends. all I can tell you. Amen. But all kidding aside, my wife's not that way. I'm about to embarrass my wife, and it ain't that way. But sometimes, you know, there's a little friction in the home. That radiated cap said, danger, do not remove a hot wheel. Let me tell you who runs the house around here, woman. <laughs> You'll find out. Amen. Before she gets done with you with a good law, you'll be eating free cheese at the mission house. That's what you'll be doing. You'll have nothing left when they get done with you. <laughs> you own nothing, by the way. Amen. That's exactly right. I'd rather get work it out when you <laughs> I ain't got nowhere to go. <laughs> Where was I at before I got to? You know why a car overheats? Most of the time it's low on water. You know why somebody's hot-headed all the time? Most likely they ain't been in the book. They ain't got them no fresh water. You've been married. I've been married 37 years. On top, me and her have been married. She's never been married. I've never, we've been together 37 years. I know when she's had a bad day or not to bother her. She knows when I'm a little aggravated. Don't look at me like it ain't that way. Amen. Amen. I heard one fella say him and his wife have been married 50 years, never had a fuss. I said, God, he's either lying or I'm lost one. That's an impossibility. Just impossibility. <laughs> Made me wonder if I was even saved. Uh, but you know, you know, when they had a, they're a little aggravated about, frustrated about something been going on. They don't want you. That, that means leave that alone. Let it cool off. Isn't that right? You, you've been married 30 some years. You know when each other's a little irritated. Because <laughs> if you leave them alone and they'll shut up and I shut up on both ends, uh, the Holy Ghost going to convict you about how the attitude you got anyway. Ain't that right? That's right. If you just, and, and, and we don't always do that. We Sometimes we just cause a pride. Bible said, be not drunk of wine. We said, but be filled with spirit, speaking yourselves in psalms, hymns, spirits, songs, singing, make me as unto the Lord. In everything, give thanks unto God and Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourself one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband, the head of the wife, even as Christ, the head of the church, and the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wife be to her husband in everything, all things. And husband, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse by the washing of the water, that he might present himself a glorious church, having not spot and ring in such thing, but should be holy without sin. I believe that's close. Am I right? right? I might have missed the word there. Amen. So there's a balance there. Isn't that right? Amen. Uh, they're, they're, they're your help meet. Amen. They're not lesser than you. They're equal with you. Isn't that right? Uh, I'm going to get off this point because I'm getting convicted myself, and I hate it when I get convicted. Uh, but the uh, truth of the matter is, you know, slow on what? That thing means leave that alone because if you don't, you're going to get hurt. Or you're going to hurt something. Sometimes it means it's got a blowed head gasket. I bet you pastored some that's blowed a head gasket. Amen. Sometimes it means you've got a cracked head. You mess with my wife, she's having a bad day, you'll have a cracked head. That, that's how that'll turn out for you. You'll come out loose on that. Amen. This thing to do, just let her cool off, see. The Holy Ghost will work on you because he's in there, and he don't like it when you're acting that way either. He'll work on you. I'm glad he's there, aren't you? Amen. I'm glad he's there. Well, 
Last point. There's some more, but I'm quitting because I can tell some of you done already. Oh, man. Might as well not waste my breath. <laughs> if you're done, I might as well wind her up myself. But the truth of the matter is, uh, the, the, the main thing about a car, uh, I believe it, well, the main thing, uh, if it goes without taking care of it, is getting fresh oil. Oil change. Everything on that car nowadays is pretty much made out of an oil product. Plastic fenders, I mean, the gaskets, fluids. Uh, and then uh, the motor oil, you know, they got this synthetic stuff. I used to have an old, a Volvo car years ago. Uh, uh, it said if you travel on dirty roads or a lot of dust, you change the oil every 3,000 miles. But if you went around a lot of dirt and a lot of dust, you could change it every 5,000 So the fresh oil, the oil change, had a lot to do with how much dirt you were. Because if you know anything about it, I think over there was them five, ten virgins, five wives, five foolish, five had oil, five didn't have oil. Amen. That speaks about the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, amen. I just quoted John, I was at uh, Hebrew, uh, Ephesians 5 about be not drunk, why be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Speaking some song, hymns, fifth song, sing, make no anthem unto the Lord. Fresh oil. That oil in that car, and you know this if you tinker with it. Uh, amen. Nowadays they got cars you can change every 10,000 miles and some even more than that because of this new oil that lubricates. But that oil builds up a little grit. Uh, it, it breaks down its lubricating power and, and, uh, effectively and it gets grit in it and, uh, and uh, that can't hardly be seen with the natural eye and it cuts minute microscopic scratches in them cylinder walls and it'll destroy the motor and cause you to end up in a junkyard or parking it because it not really worth fixing. Yes. Amen. You know, when I first got saved, and I know this may not sound right to you, I was real sensitive to the little grit yes, sir. that got in the oil. Right. When I first got saved, Brother Rick, I, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I wanted to live right. Amen, when I got right, Amen. I didn't understand. I didn't know about the flesh. Lust against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. I didn't know about Ephesians uh, 6, verse 10, putting on the whole armor of God. Finally, my brother, be strong, the Lord, perfect. Put on the whole armor of God. I, I didn't know all that stuff. I didn't understand I had two natures. I had an Adamic nature, and I had a God nature inside, a divine nature. Amen. A new man, not a recapped old man, but a new man that lived inside, was trapped inside this piece of flesh. And this flesh right here is wicked. Amen, that's right. And, and, uh, and I thank God let me, uh, when, you, when you're just, uh, uh, just don't know nothing about the Bible, ain't been around church enough to know much, and you got the Holy Spirit in you, he lets you feel his presence. Does that sound right? I believe Because that's all I knew. Somebody said, you can't go on how you feel. When I first got saved, that's all I had to go on. I didn't know nothing about the Bible. I didn't know nothing about the Bible. But I had the author, the Holy Ghost. Living inside me, the author. Uh, there's some things come built in when you get saved. You don't have to know nothing about the Bible. The author of the Holy, the Holy Spirit that wrote that Bible lives inside you. You don't have to, it's kind of like headlights on a car. You don't have to order them extra. They come built in from the factory. Uh, this is going to miss some of you, but the reason they got headlights on the car for you can see in the dark. That's why the Holy Ghost takes up his abode before you know anything much about the light of God's Word. You can see in the dark, and it'll keep you in the center of the road, keep you out of the ditches. Isn't that right? Am I making? I believe that's right. And I go to church. I went a lot on how I felt, kind of like a woman with a newborn baby. 
I got two grandsons, one seven, one three. When they, when they were little and, they, and something was hurting them or they was uh, wanting petting, I could pick them up and they'd cry more. But if their mama or their grandmother picked them up and hold them real tender, they just calmed down and would just, because they went on how she felt. That, that touch that she could put on them. That's what they went, it calmed them down and brought peace. I believe I'm right right here. And when I got saved, I'd go, and boy, they'd get singing. I'd get to weeping. They could mention his name. Tears run down my face. But then when I'd go, and I knew that I didn't feel that way, I knew I needed fresh oil. And the preacher would preach, and the invitation would be given. And I didn't have to sing three sad songs by the Do-Right Quartet to get me to go to the altar. Because I, I wanted that touch. I know I needed fresh oil. I know there was something in my heart that wasn't right. I might have not been able to put my finger on every detail, but I knew that there was, I'd heard him. And I just won't get it straightened out, but I could feel. And I know you can't really go on how you feel all the time, but boy, I sure did enjoy it. Don't you like it when you come and feel him just hold you real tight and swing them Holy Ghost tears out of your eyes and you feel him stirring around in there? I like that. I don't know about you. Amen. I'd go to the altar and I could hear some of them folks. I'd go quite a bit. I got saved out of some wickedness and and I, I struggled and stumbled and staggered quite a bit trying to get on my feet because I didn't have no foundation. took me a while. I'd hear some of them say, I wonder if he really got saved. He has to go up there an awful lot. And I know you don't have to go up there every service, but boy, when you when you know you've grieved the Holy Spirit, when you've got some grit in that oil that's keeping it from flowing and working, and uh, Amen, lubricating this this vehicle here, I hate that. I hate it when I hurt him. And I'm the, I'm, the, I'm sixty. I'll be sixty six in December if the Lord lets me live. And I still get that way when I know I've hurt him. And they might even still say, if I go to the altar, I wonder if he's really saved. I don't care what they say. That's right. I know what he does. Yes, he lets me feel his presence again. Yes, lets me know, hey, you've got that fixed. Forget it. You can't undo it. Amen. It's over. And I still love you as much as I ever loved you. Yes, Am I doing okay? Yes, you come on, preacher. I'm done. How's your vehicle running? You need to come. I don't know you need. Preacher told me to give an invitation. I don't even know how to give one. Jesus said 2,000 years ago, come unto me all ye labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Rest. That's that peace. That's that fresh oil. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and holy. I shall find rest. That's peace. Folks are coming. If you think you need to come tonight, you obey the Lord. Uh, you, just, you just move. Make this as easy for me as you can. It'll be easy on you. And the preacher's going to come finish it up. You just come on.